Happy Sunday and welcome back for another weekly dose of current events. This week we will be covering everything related to the Olympics. Even though you will be presented with solid facts, in the end it is your decision whether you or your family will continue to watch an event that in my opinion truly does not represent the best in our society. To begin, let's just talk about fundamentals. To answer the most asked question by the public, is there an Olympics this year? The answer is yes, but it is not as simple as that. I'm going to give you a where and a when. The 2021 Olympics is taking place in Tokyo, and the USA Today said that though the Olympics will be taking place in 2021 due to the postponement, they will continue to officially be branded as the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And I'll kind of get into that, why that is kind of interesting that they would talk about that or brand it as such. But to give you a win, it is it will be from July 23rd to August 8th. And I want to lay out for those who are listening the dangers and risks involved in participating this year not only for us, but China and Tokyo combined. Even though I haven't done a COVID update for you guys, kind of laying out the COVID timeline, I wanted to get to this first because it is coming up really soon, and I want you to know what's happening. So again, USA Today said, yes, although much of Japan is under a state of emergency due to COVID-19, and polls indicating that the majority of the Japanese public would prefer that the games be canceled Organizers continue to say the events will go on as scheduled this summer. If we are going to talk about what this resembles, this resembles that the public voices their concerns like most of the public that we have seen, like in Northern Ireland. This is something that has caught my attention and it stuck with me, so I'm going to continue to use it as an example. But Northern Ireland is pro-life, but the government came in and said no. We want you to be funding abortion, so they put in millions of dollars for Northern Ireland to open up abortion clinics, even though the public already stated they did not want it. This is what we are seeing, that controlling governments are overruling what the public wants. Ultimately, they are not serving the purpose of what they are supposed to be doing. And the USA has a responsibility to take care of these athletes. And then also put into consideration that other countries are also struggling with not only COVID-19, but other viruses in general. And if the Chinese or the Japanese public has made it clear that they really do not want this to go on, then why is it happening? That is my first question to you guys. Let that simmer in your head a little bit because I was up last night thinking about this. Why are governments so faceted on making it something so big even though the public doesn't want it. It, it just is beyond me and makes me a little bit angry to be honest. <laughs> let's, let's put that in the category of righteous anger. I don't know if it would fit into that but it makes me a little bit angry because not only is it putting these athletes at risk 
but it's putting everyone else. It's just not really smart. Um, if it's something that, and I want to express logic here for just a second, if they were so concerned in 2020, then what does it make a difference in 2021? If we are going to have sicknesses and illnesses, which let me remind you from the beginning of time, there has been sicknesses and illnesses due to the fall of man because of our sin nature. There is death, there is disease, there is all these things that have come into our world and that is what we have to deal with. And something that I want to also kind of go on a tangent here is that when you get sick, you are going to get sick. Like we have medicine, we have um, medical professionals who their job is to make sure we feel better when we get sick. <laughs> that is what they have dedicated their lives to. And I think that when we shut down our lives in 2020, at first it was, I think everyone was concerned at first, right? I was certainly, but then when the truth came out that this is something just like the flu, just like the sh like strep throat, like all these things, why did we shut down our lives so much? And that's why I wanted to kind of kind of express logic here because they shut down our lives in 2020. Don't don't forget that. That makes me so angry, so mad that they not only shut down our lives for something that was so like it has a 99.6 recovery rate and it doesn't even affect my group of um, my age range as much as it does elderly in our society, which they did not express to us. They never put that in the news. They never put that in the mainstream media. Dr. Fauci never said it, of course, but again, we had our lives shut down and that is what happened in 2020. So to go back to the Olympics, why are they hosting it in 2021 thinking that something different is going to happen? That everyone's going to have to get a COVID test. And of course, we know from the COVID test that you could either get a false positive or positive. It's so out of range because it's not even the COVID test that do that. It's every test for that matter, like the flu test or the strep test. If you get it, it's going to come back as a different result each time or maybe it might be consistent you never know because it is a faulty system it's something you can't really exactly rely on but the one thing we know is that disease exists and medicine exists and so from our 2020 experience we should have some thoughts and some concerns going into this being like why do you care now why is the olympics something so big and so important to our governments that we do it even if we are going to risk the lives of these people okay sorry i had to go on i had to go at that a little bit because that has been on my mind and my heart it makes me think so deeply because and i think so many other people i talk to so many people on a daily basis about different things like this or moral issues different um topics that just are circling and our society is thinking about because we have had our eyes open to the truth and so that is something I wanted to go off on and along with health risks the Olympics has moral issues that our society needs to address if we are going to move forward with this event and so the New York Times expressed their concerns by writing an article solely based on the immortality that goes on before and throughout the duration of the Olympics of course, the world will not view the same definition of 
immortality that we do as Christians, but these are serious concerns that both Christians and non-believers should be addressing. And let me give you a few. These are the things that are concerning about the Olympics. The homeless rates increase after. Every location that the Olympics has taken place, it has shown that the homeless population has increased. So we know that the Olympics has to have venues and housing for all these people that are coming, the athletes, the people hosting. There has to be a large amount of hotels and then venues for the events to take place. So all of those new venues and housings have to go somewhere. And usually that somewhere is where the poor people live. This breaks my soul and my heart hurts for these people. This is why I don't like the Olympics. And there's so many reasons, but this specifically, the audacity to play with human lives and not care about their futures and where they live and their health is just unimaginable. Like, how does a government take so much pride in doing this? Let me tell you some statistics. 30,000 Atlanta residents were displaced by the 1996 games. And again, in 1988, 720,000 were forced from their homes in Seoul. The ones who were unlucky enough to not have a roof over their heads were rounded up and housed out of sight during the games. That sentence right there just makes me mad <laughs> because this is probably not an accurate like lineup or... Um, a, an accurate. This breaks my heart because our governments take so much pride in putting people in a place where they can't thrive and it hurts my heart that they do it so often. I wanted to make a comparison real quick that is probably out of range but I still want to after I tell you a few statistics. 30,000 Atlanta residents were displaced by the 1996 games. And in 1988, 720,000 were forced from their homes in Seoul. The ones who were unlucky enough to not have a roof over their heads were rounded up and housed out of sight during the games. If you heard me right after the last sentence, this sounds a little bit like the Holocaust. I don't know if you have researched or read books, but I have. I have such a love for World War II and to see our society just break in two and so many things we messed up and so many things we did so wrong as Americans but then also to see the depravity and humanity during the Holocaust was just unimaginable and so when we see this in our society that people are put out of sight because they are quote-unquote untouchables or they got forced out of their houses because of the government and then by that they have to not be seen by these people who are coming because we need to live stream this. It makes me sick because when you put people out of sight like they did in the Holocaust where they made those concentration camps look okay-ish for people who were coming from the United States and other countries to inspect, they did not see the horrors that were happening behind the scenes. And that is why one of the reasons out of all of the reasons I am going to present to you today 
that is what breaks my heart the most because we see this going on and on each and every year that the Olympics is hosted and we don't say anything about it. We just grab our food, our comfort food, and sit around and watch these people compete. And even though I have such a mad respect for athletes because of the time and commitment they put into their sport and the love that they have for that specific commitment, we can't oversee this. We can't push this to the side. Because it's, it might not lead to another thing that we saw in the World War II, but it's something that will lead to something not good. Let me continue. But nothing compares to Beijing. 1.5 million Chinese people were forced out of their houses in the lead-up to the 2008 Games. You heard that those were less modern times, the 1996 and the 1988 games, but this was 2008. 1.5 million Chinese people were forced out of their houses. And that's what I'm going to come to later about the Chinese population and just how their government is so depraved and so master manipulating that it it's out of this world, honestly. I don't even know how people come up with different things to make their residents either confused or um, homeless in such ways that I can't even imagine. Like, it's it's disgusting. So even if residents aren't forced, they can look forward to their rent going up so high that they can't afford to live in their homes. As for all those beautiful sports venues that were built in Greece, they're now sitting. Um, and hey, it was all worth it, right? We can all establish a once and for all which country is the best for synchronized swimming. I'm sorry, my sarcasm is large right now because it it just, I, I don't know how I can read this and not be disgusted. You know, I, I don't know. But not only does the homeless population rates go up and then rent goes up because of the new building, it is a money pit. If you haven't already noticed, it is financially irresponsible for so many governments to come together to pull these things off because it is so much money. Honestly, it is probably the biggest event that we see worldwide and how much money do you think goes into this? Probably millions to billions of dollars. And not only is that a concern, for each and every country, but think about the US. We are in debt, so why are we putting so much money into this? And then, not only is it financially irresponsible, I wanna talk about something called the Olympic Villages. And even though it's uncomfortable to talk about, I need to talk about it. Because ever since I learned about this probably two years ago, where I stopped watching the Olympics, I do wanna say that I personally stopped watching the Olympics. And I'll get to my opinions later, but right now let's focus on some facts. There's this term, the Olympic Villages, and you might or might have not heard of these. It is something so uncomfortable to talk about because when I learned like two years ago about them, it just blew my mind because I was like, all these people I admired and looked up to as um, heroes and people who just dedicated their lives so diligently to a sport did this and 
I'm not saying that not everyone sins because I do certainly I know everyone sins because we are all born with a sin nature but this is just another level like <laughs> this is something that I don't even know why did something like the Olympics have to put the Olympic villages in okay so let's talk about it for just a second in each Olympics the athletes stay in a small area nearby that is referred to as the Olympic Village. They could also call it the sexually depraved place, basically. Um, it has, these villages have become infamous for being festivals of sexual depravity. And, and let me remind you that some of these people going to Olympics have been 13, 14, 15, in the teenage age range, my age, and not only is this happening between the adults, but then it could have been happening to these children because we know by the, um, uh, the sorry, the gymnastics scandal that anything is possible. And even we, we know from the sex traffic ring from throughout every single country on earth that it happens, but not everyone and not, and let me specify, not a lot of people step up. And I probably understand why because I, I haven't been in their shoes. But it's something that takes away your innocence. It is something that totally and completely just strips you of everything good and sensible. Because <laughs> there are usually 10,000 of them, minus their parents and spouses, and okay it got so bad in the 1988 it became so bad in the 1988 soul game that there was a problem with different products being used and left outside and it ultimately led to a ban of anything that happened sexually outside so i it's so hard to talk about this honestly because why are adults who have dedicated themselves so well fooling off like this? Like, I wouldn't even imagine people just having parties all the time. And this might just be me, but it just seems immoral. But we can move on from that. We know what it is now, and we don't really have to um, focus in on it. But that is basically what the Olympic Villages is. And... If you are so disgusted by it, by like I am, <laughs> please just know that this is kind of the end for me. This was the turning point mainly mm -hmm. because I learned about the homeless problem after this. And this kind of just set me off. Like I was like, I'm done with the Olympics. Why did they have to make it something so immoral? Just like the halftime shows with Cardi B. Like why could something like football an amazing sport have to be turned by something like that. It it just is out of my mind. It's something that our society is welcoming in and I personally am welcoming out the door. Like get out. <laughs> so um that is what it is. Let's move on to the next concern I personally have and hopefully you do too. But it is a physical and mental toll on athletes. From for years and years, after watching so many documentaries of the Olympic Games and the athletes, it is something that 
we have to question in our minds, is it worth it? Is it worth it for the tears and the blood? They're like, people get hurt. Injuries happen. Is it worth so much pain and toll on your body mm-hmm. and your mental state that this should be going on? And should we be pressing it for younger ages? Should we wait for adults to um, make the decision for themselves? Or are we going to be okay with 13, 14, 15-year-olds training for this thing and ultimately not having a childhood? So that is something to question. It's not something huge. It's just... Um, an objective that some people might want to take into consideration when watching it. If you have young kids, is this something that your kids should be role modeling after? Because I know for a fact that places like The Rise, which I don't know if y'all have those around where you live, but where I live, The Rise is a huge company that basically uh, hosts sports. And I played for them. I played for my school, different things like that. And Even though I was so happy playing my sport, being a part of a team, um, working out, feeling so good mentally and feeling healthy, um, in the end, it takes up so much time and mostly those places require you to play on a Sunday, which something that morally just gets in the way um, and I would have to say no to because I need to have my church time. I need to be with God in my community. So that's just a person-to-person basis, objective, you have to mentally go through that yourself, but that is something to just put out there. So the last thing is I just kind of want to mention that these things are so secure, so tight, the government gets involved, it has to be so much security goes involved. Does this remind you of the Hunger Games? Honestly, if you watch it on TV, you see all the like security around everything, when people put so much money into something with the higher class coming down and i know it's such a stretch but i just wanted to point this out there it just seems kind of this thing that's so petty that why like is it for entertainment is it because our society is so based on entertainment that we have to do things like this or is something that we could cancel out of our culture and we would be okay in my opinion we would be okay Honestly, we have other things that we can do, and even though it's so much fun to sit down, I I agree. I totally agree with you guys. I'm not a monster. I hope I'm not by saying this, but I just think it's something that we have to consider. Is it the best for our children and our society? Okay, lastly, I want to tell you about why I am personally convicted about this certain Olympics and the place where it is being held. The Voice of the Martyrs, if you have not heard of them before, it is the main organization that I have used as a source when it comes to the persecution of Christians and how I research about them. So I'm going to play a clip of a video really quick. Um, It kind of introduces them to you, so I don't really have to because they did such an amazing job with this video. Anyway, here's the clip. By God and not by the family of God. The Voice of the Martyrs was founded by a persecuted Christian as well. Richard Wormbrand reached out for Christ to the Nazis in the early 1940s when they came into his native Romania. He felt a calling to reach out to atheists for Christ. He prayed for opportunities to share Christ with the Russians as well. And when the Soviet communists entered into Romania in 1944, they came right to his doorstep. Richard boldly witnessed to them as well. And just as Jesus promised, They hated him for it. 
he was arrested and sent to prison for a total of 14 years, often in solitary confinement, often tortured. Through it all, he held on to his love for God and committed to witness for Christ in word and deed, even to his torturers. In 1967, Richard, now free from jail and out of Romania, founded an organization committed to sharing the stories of others who, like him, were being jailed, persecuted, tortured, or killed for their faith. He often quoted Hebrews 13.3, Remember those in prison as if you were in prison with them. That organization today is operating in 68 countries around the world, in regions that are dangerous, in countries that are restricted reaching out through persecution response, through Bible distribution, and through frontline ministry. That organization is committed to stand with their persecuted family by saying we will not let them suffer in silence. We will not let them serve alone. Like you just heard, this amazing organization, The Voice for the Martyrs, is a global organization that has set up activism and prayer and different things like that to support those who have gone on mission for the church. And so why I use this as a source to get all of my information concerning Christians being persecuted is because that is basically what they have put their lives, uh, their effort into. So it is one of my favorite resources. If you have not yet heard of them, I suggest you look them up, read some stories. It ultimately is a life-changing um, read. It is something that changes your perspective on how Christians are treated and how much we need to be standing up for our own faith. So with that said, I want to talk about China. So on their website, China is labeled as a restricted com uh, country. And that means that church going is not a thing. Um, it even says that influenced by their atheistic government, many Chinese are non-religious. So that's what they say here. Um, it gives an overview, which I want to read really quick. It says, Rev Revival and rapid church growth have characterized China's churches since the 1990s. About 130 million Chinese are Christian, most of whom worship in illegal house churches. Only about 30 million are affiliated with the Three Self-Patriotic Movement, which, as the only legal church, is controlled by the communist government. Despite continuous pressure and oppression from the communist government, house church leaders refused to compromise the gospel by joining government-controlled churches. Because of decades of government oppression, few Chinese Christians have their own Bible or access to discipleship literature. So that is something concerning. Not only has it been going on since the 1990s past that, because we know that the Chinese have been not a free state government in for like ever but this is what we see when we see an over controlling government and the main persecutor of christians and other chinese people is the government and so when we talk about what it means to follow christ in china um a lot of the churches are underground. It is very dangerous. I know a family very close to my heart. I went to elementary school with her. 
she um her family served as missionaries in China but they after the 2020 um coronavirus pandemic they had to come back from China and the Asia area because it was just so dangerous and um it has gone so much worse and the ex- the access to bibles um have little or no access and it is just something that they put at the bottom of their site or the link to the China website of prayer requests. And so I want to read some to you because I've been praying for these um, prayer requests recently and I hope that you would too by hearing them. It says that pray God will protect Christian children who are forbidden to attend Sunday school. And then pray that a seminary will be allowed to remain open. Pray for a church that underwent a recent police interrogation. That's something that we can't even fathom, even though it's actually happening in Canada, which I do want to get to in a later episode, something to come forward, to look forward to. Um, But to continue with the prayer request, pray that brother, and they just put their initials P and V, will trust in God's provision as their enter full-time ministry and then lastly um pray for frontline workers seeking to bless persecuted christians so there are so many more on this website i encourage you to go look at it i will link it in the bio of this episode so you can reach it but these are something that are simple to pray about but it will make a world of a difference and then you can also um, probably find someone who either Um, through the voice of the martyrs um, and get a newsletter through that so to get more information anyway that is the reason why I am not supporting this year's Olympics because this is just out of the way destructive this is something that we are ultimately seeing in our government controlling very um, hostile but China has seen the worst of it. It's it's just so bad there. And after seeing all that they have done recently with um, persecuting Christians and not being ashamed anymore about it, it's just off the table for me that the United States is supporting this. So that is why I personally am not watching the Olympics, and I haven't been for the past few years. And so that is something to weigh on your heart maybe and hopefully think about. Okay, friends, this concludes the duration of this week's episode. I really enjoyed um, sharing this with you, even though it was so painful. All this was so sad, um, but it needed to be shared, honestly. I will be praying for you, um, and I hope that you will pray for those in China as well. And I hope you have a great week. Next week, we are going to be talking about different um, people who are going to be coming on to the podcast. I am so excited. I have a calendar actually guys i have a calendar full of speakers who i have gone in touch with people who um are either friends or family and then also people who are those who i met at ywls which i am going to make a podcast episode over how amazing ywls was if you don't know what it is it was the young women's leadership summit in dallas texas it was amazing but I will do a later episode on that. So look forward to those things. I'm super excited that all of this is coming together. It's something so beautiful. I look forward each week to be talking to you guys. Um, Our listening rates are up uh, the highest I have seen. And I'm just super excited that this is kind of flourishing into something that I couldn't even imagine. And 
all glory to God because it would not be possible through him for him to give me a voice because if you know me I am such a quiet person so this is just out of my element but it is something that I have learned to love and I love conversating with you guys after each week so it has been a true blessing and I thank God for it all so thank you guys for listening this week I can't wait to talk to you on Thursday about theological stuff and it is going to be great see you guys next week